0: One of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, asset management is about assets. When really, it's not. It's really about the people. Welcome along to the Asset Guardian podcast, where we explore the discipline of asset management throughout New Zealand and speak with industry leaders to learn more about the innovation and challenges in today's evolving world of technology, infrastructure and regulation. My name is Josh Hope, and I'll be your guide on this journey into the world of Kaite and asset management.
1: No my harimai. my. Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Asset Guardians podcast. I'm your guest host Dave Brannigan, and on this episode we break the fourth wall as we interview none other than creator, producer, and editor of this pod, Josh Pope. Kia ora Josh.
0: Good days. <laughs> so, for having Josh, me on my own show.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we finally got here. We finally got here. I've got your LinkedIn profile up here to the side, mate. But rather than me reading through all that, how about you introduce yourself and and, and tell us what you're up to.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, as as some people may know, and if you, this is the first time listening, um, uh, my name's Josh Pope, um, and I, at the moment I've just started a new role. I'm currently uh, working for Orion as uh, investment sh- uh, strategy lead, um, and the the main focus of my current role is to uh, align. The investment decisions that Orion makes with the organizational objectives, and that's that's pretty much the elevator pitch for it. And um, up until now, I guess my career's taken the direction of uh, in towards asset management, and um, yeah, it's, it's just something I've become incredibly passionate about probably over about the last five years, just working in the space from lifecycle engineer and um wearing a few different hats uh, with Orion and then a brief stint away and then back again. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely the, the asset management space is, is a passion of mine and, and sort of where I've wound up career-wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've had quite a, an interesting 12 months and even you know your career to date too. I mean, we've ha- we've had a long association with each other. I remember talking to you five or six years ago when you were a trainee at Orion uh, in, the, in the planning team at that stage and, and sort of showed that interest of, of long-term planning and, and – what was involved with some of the decision making so you know you've had a stint overseas you've got this 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 new role at Orion and you've 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 taken on this platform of this podcast you know what sort of can you reflect on something in that sort of last past year or even even five years of of where your journey was and and essentially how you've ended up in this space yeah, the
0: last 12 months for me has been it's been huge it's just been uh so much going on and uh, so many different opportunities and it, it's it's been awesome to experience but it's also been <laughs> that case of where it's so many things one after the other that it, it, um this fatigue starts to set in a little bit and, and it actually can get a bit exhausting so we're just trying to uh, make sure I look after myself and look after the family, and and they look after me as well. And um, so, yeah, over the last twelve months has been pretty cool. We we went on an adventure over to Bali. Uh, I was very fortunate that um, uh, Orion was open to the, to that opportunity, and we and we did it as a bit of an experiment just to see uh, what it was like having somebody remote out of the country. Um, and and it was it was a great opportunity for Jess and I as well to sort of. Um, break away from the hamster wheel um, of life <laughs> where, where we were and um, so, so that was quite cool working overseas but I feel like the the day-to-day work life actually wasn't too different from just working remotely normally the only difference was yeah, you know, we could go to the beach or go to the pool or whatever afterwards and, and so that was that was pretty cool um, and then yeah and then coming back to back to New Zealand and actually starting a starting a new role uh, um, with uh, with Oricon and uh, that that was an amazing experience as well. It was awesome to to get exposure to uh, a bunch of different projects, a bunch of different new people, um, different company, and um, yeah. And then uh, again, sort of coming back to Orion, uh, uh, another opportunity that sort of just arises. And um, yeah, it's it's just been it's honestly been a year full of opportunities, and it's just been uh, you know awesome to. To have all of those different options i think in front of us and um yeah really just sort of lean into lean into what's what's in
1: front of us kudos to you too for having the courage to pursue these opportunities as well um not many people would would take the risk of going okay well i'm going to jack it all in and, and try this experiment overseas and then i'm going to try this other thing and and, and keep searching until you, you find the true thing so in in your time doing these different things, you know, what was the, the, the biggest learning or the biggest takeaway for you and, and your family?
0: I think one of the biggest takeaways for me has been around uh, probably valuing genuine connections. So um, while we were away in Bali, it was quite cool to see the different uh, communities and things over there I and mean, where we lived was in quite a local area and just how or well, what sort of struck me when um, we were living there was just how interconnected everybody was to their neighbours, to the street. You know, everybody knew everybody, and we got we got involved in it. And um, they the, their little community just welcomed us as well, which was amazing. And we got to go to uh, a, a couple of different Balinese weddings and things like that. So that was really cool. And and coming back to New Zealand with that view was like, wow. We often we don't really know the people we're sort of living next to or around or in the communities. And for me that. Was just a bit of a shift in mindset to make more of an effort to um to to, to try and create those connections or, or maintain the ones that i did have and so um i feel like that was one of the big drivers for me coming back to orion was just that community feel um, great group of people uh, we had our like little network there as well um a bunch of us in similar stages of life and things like that and just just really like enhancing those genuine connections so yeah i think it's probably one of the major reflections of the last 12 months.
1: No, it's cool because that lines up quite nicely with what you have in your blurb on LinkedIn as in asset management at its core is about people and, it, you know, people's focused uh, strategy is the foundation for every asset management business. So, you know, those relationships and those connections are important things. I'll just segue back to that you mentioned earlier on that it was a bit of an experiment going up to Bali and, and how that worked and, you know, Obviously, it's worked well for yourself and Jess. From the other side of the fence, um, I know that it worked quite well for us as a business um, because you were able to do all your meetings and you know, because of the time difference, your mornings were, were tied up with catching up with people, figuring out what things were. And then literally your afternoon was free because we would all go home. You'd have the second half of the day to actually just get in and churn through the work, get the things that you, you wanted to get done. So from a business point of view, for me, um, that seemed like quite an efficient use of time how did it, it feel for yourself
0: yeah I, I actually forgot about that it's a really good point the um I, I found that my productivity had skyrocketed basically because like you say the morning was or my morning were well, lined up perfectly with the afternoon here uh, in new zealand and so my morning would be full of meetings and catching up with people and and um going over things from whatever the previous day and then my afternoon like so it was uninterrupted and it was free so it was four hours a day of just uninterrupted time that i could focus into whatever tasks it was and then quite often i would have those tasks completed and then returned back to someone or uh you know have the replies back to people by the next day and so it was almost like this extended work day as well so that it actually did work really really well and i think we, you know, we've all had those days where you end up in back-to-back meetings and you sort of end up skipping lunch or, or going through lunch and, and then you go up at meetings all afternoon as well and you just, sometimes you just feel like your productivity is is, is, is down, in the, down in the dumps and it's, um, yeah, it was, it was actually quite liberating to have that freedom.
1: Probably a little bit more difficult to do in the New Zealand context, but do you think there's some lessons from that that you could bring into your new role, i.e. blocking out half a day sections in the week where, that's it. And you may well be off site working from home or remotely or whatever to just give you that that space to hit, hit the, the workload that you need to do. Because you're right, meetings can be a time sink. And you know, engineers do love to chat. You know, and I'm not sure that all of our meetings are ever uh, fully efficient use of time. But you know, is there something near that you can you can bring forward into your new role and um, you know, particularly when you uh, have other people that'll be working with you or for you how you would set that up
0: yeah i think it's it's going to be different for
1: everyone um i, I think that the
0: flexible working you know there's people for it, against it i think when it you know obviously with covid and that when we all went through that it was um it was kind of new i i don't know if i wonder if a little bit of the novelties worn off a bit because I do notice a lot more people in the office, and I think it's part of that genuine connections thing where uh, perhaps people are missing some sort of element of that social component. Um, and it definitely for me, while we were working, re- well, while I was working remotely, uh, I'd say in about we, we did that for six months, and I'd say about months five and six, it started to get uh, well. I started to feel a little bit disconnected from the office, like I had. Uh, it wasn't as, um, I wasn't up to date with what was sort of happening. I guess you miss a bit of that um, informal conversation and that sort of water cooler chat and just the the conversations going across the office. So yeah, that, that was actually a really good learning for, for me and and I think uh, Orion as well. And, and trying to set that up in the New Zealand context, absolutely. I think just yeah. having those days at home where you can, you know, um, feel maybe a little bit um, and, and and perhaps have a few hours of just quiet focused time to to churn through some some tasks. I think it's absolutely part of that balance that you know everyone should be able to fit into their life. And I think a lot of companies are, are you know or definitely I think almost every company now um where, where possible where people can work remotely and, and encourage that for their employees as well.
1: But yeah, that's that's certainly a new trend that's come in uh, and one in my new role that I'm experiencing is quite nice. I do take your point with. Uh, when people are in the business or physically in the building, there's a different, there's a different vibe. There's a different sort of cadence to the day. Um, I and this isn't about me, this interview, but I do struggle at. Ho- I, I don't mind working from home if I've got something to nut out, but I'm not one that can just sit at home during the day. I, I personally like that connection with other people as well, and I think a lot of us are wired that way. One of the other questions that be sort of forefront of mind too is, and you know. You may be in your dream role at the moment, but you know if you weren't doing this, what is what are what's some of the other passions that you have that you would follow, and and, and what would you see yourself doing?
0: Yeah, it's uh,
1: it's an interesting one. I think I've I've always um, had a tendency to
0: naturally follow uh, passions of mine, and um, I, I, one of the one of the areas of my life are sort of that I, I haven't. I was going to say I hadn't had the opportunity, but it was also a choice as well. I mean, maybe I had, hadn't chosen to to pursue was certainly in the uh, the, the health and fitness and and and, and sort of well being space, um, you know, exercise and sports and um, healthy diets and things like that. It's always been a, a huge part of my life ever since since high school, and and has always been a keen interest of mine and just something that I've that I've always done, um, but never really pursued that as, as a career. And um, I remember doing a, a bit of sort of work on my own sort of purpose and, and, and coaching a few years ago and, and sort of, you know, continue to do so over the last few years. But um, initially was trying to work out how I ended up in this type of role, this, this you know, asset manager uh, role sort of focused in that engineering, electrical kind of space and, and then having this other interest in the um, that fitness, health, well being uh space as well and and trying to identify the the similarities between the two because they were both up there in terms of my interest areas but seemed incredibly you know worlds apart but um distilling both of those down was really focused around uh the likes of optimizing and and improving performance and and things like that and and, and that was really what it was about for me wasn't you know on one side of the fence improving sort of mental performance and 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 uh physical performance and then also on the other side the the asset management is you know focused around assets and improving uh their performance and um you know identifying ways to to basically get better and 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 look for those one one percent improvements and that was sort of where my words collided and um it we actually in the in the, in the last six months just now I've been fortunate enough to have another opportunity business opportunity pop up where we are able to pursue um that that uh health and well-being space as well and um so there's another business that we're, we're starting at the moment so again completely separate from asset management but still with that same same purpose and something that we, we both sort of uh hold dear to our hearts and you know and um complement in our lives so that's probably the the other the other area that i would would like to get more involved in so
1: yeah okay so did this line up with what you wanted to do when you were a kid you know did you see yourself as a fitness trainer or uh, an asset manager when you're when you're a wee boy
0: nah neither to be honest i uh i i come from a family of tradies so it was almost i felt predetermined that i was always going to be in some sort of trade it was uh we're, we're definitely not an academic family and um yeah, uh, you know, which which is fine, but it was just something I never really had a lot of exposure to, and so then going through school, I sort of didn't really fit the but uh, the education system, I suppose, that that well, and and uh, you know, not not I wasn't wasn't like a troublemaker or anything, but I was just I think I was always sort of questioning why this and why that and why why is this important, and I just want to get out and go earn some money, and and that was that was sort of the the path I took initially, so uh left school pretty early and uh went into the electrical trades and kind sparky and um that was actually a really interesting time as well learned learned a lot of stuff through through that path because I, I joined that trade in 2008 so it was sort of peak global financial crisis it was actually just before all of that happened and and uh yeah i did definitely recognize some similarities between between then and 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 recent times and um so it's 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 kind of been interesting to to go through that and go through the apprenticeship and and a bunch of different companies um and who all all went through different sort of economic challenges at the time as well and come out the other side and and then get qualified and, and and do that for another four years and um, I'd, I'd, I'd eventually sort of reach the peak where, I, I, well not the peak, but I'd sort of reached the point where I was either staying in this game forever in the electrical space and kind of invest in the company I was working for at the time or it was uh, go and try something different and um, I I think maybe just that my natural personality sort of leaned a lot more to go and try something different. So um, I'm really glad that I did. And then it's just really been following my nose ever since then. It was I never really had much of a plan after that. I think just when, when you're younger, maybe you get this idea of like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, and I'll do that forever. But it's it's really, really not the case.
1: <laughs> it's quite funny listening back onto some of your other pods, and you know, many people have uh, fallen into this space. You know, they haven't set out with a plan, and I think it's that that curious mind uh, leads us to this asset management space, you know, why is it? Why is it done this way or, or, or what's the history behind this? Um, equally, too, I think coming up through the trades um, is also very um, beneficial because you, you we, we naturally have a different sort of thought process to something that's come from a book or a formula. Uh, we want that innate understanding of of why we can use the formulas and the theory and everything else, but it's that, that innate why is this? And that sort of building things up from uh, first principles kind of thing sort of helps, particularly in this space. So no, it's been um, I think you know the two things that are coming clearly out of this interview are your your curiosity and your courage to do things, and it's it's there's quite a lot of parallels with other people that you've interviewed, so it's it's quite um quite interesting that maybe this this particular field just attracts a certain breed of person.
0: <laughs> yeah i certainly think so I, I i definitely i definitely know with all i i've, I've loved all of the conversations with uh, with all the other the other guests and, and, and yourself included and it's um i i think when you start talking to other people who who are in this industry you go oh this is it these are my people you know you, you really start to connect and vibe on on it and, and you kind of get to nerd out on, on, on these things which you know, you would have had this experience when you, you uh, people ask you what you do, and you, you you tell them, and you can immediately start to see their eye glaze over a little bit, and they're like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." So, <laughs> I've really tried to work on the the, the refined the refined pitch for for uh, what asset management is, and um, you know, not try to sell it to people, but just maybe try and. Uh, y- y- you, you know uh, uh, get people to understand it a little bit more and the challenges and, and actually how important it is going forward for for you know communities and the country
1: there's a couple of good things in there i'd like to unpick so you know through this platform you've um, had the opportunity to connect with many different people and your time as a consultant as well um, and you know different practitioners and in different industries as well so you know what are some of the insights you've learned and, and you know, what are some of the common themes that have been evolving or that you've uncovered <clears throat> pardon me through that that journey
0: i think some of the biggest themes has been around um probably how open everybody is in the industry to you know at least in um asset management and infrastructure and in my experience just how open people are to to sharing and um the the, the common thread of uh, you know whenever i have asked people you know what what sort of advice would you give? And it's it's kind of always been along, um, you know, ask for help and, and 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 you know, there's no silly questions and and you know, um, make sure you keep exploring and, and keep being curious. And so I think that has seemed to come up a lot. If you know, if you're talking about the the types of people or the or, or the values of the um, asset managers or people in this space, yeah.
1: Okay. no. It's, so, what do you think some of the, you know, again, talking with your peers and, and others, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are about asset management, uh, you know, for our country and, and our communities?
0: Yeah, so I, I think this one's a, it's a real tricky question. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting being on the other side of it. Um, <laughs> i never really thought much about how I would answer this question, but. You're
1: giving it away, man. There's a bit of a run list here. I'm certainly not following the order of them, but you know, you've broken the fourth wall completely. <laughs> oh no, of
0: course, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah the, 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 the question I think there's no right or wrong answer to this, and and it's um it's it's very dependent on everybody's worldview, and and I can only really comment it from a, comment to it from my my perspective, and probably uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you know asset management is about assets well really it's not it's really about the people and I think um, in a world where you know we or, or there are so many competing drivers for decision making um, I think there's maybe the misconceptions that we can um, engineer our way out of out of every single uh, problem that, that that comes out comes our way and, and it's really not that simple with with all those different key competing um priorities and then we, when we try to measure maybe progress against targets and things like that it's um i think things can get a little bit skewed we we, we focus can focus too much on the numbers rather than what the actual intention of, of managing these assets is and and um, you know to realize that this is actually an infinite game so um you know by putting kpis and metrics in place yeah, it's good to have these goals and you, you know you certainly need to, to understand that that information but focusing too hard on them can make it a bit of a finite game so it's almost like you're trying to achieve something and then when you get there what what really happens because at the end of the day the decisions that we make and the assets that we're we're putting in are, are going to outlive us you, mm-hmm. you know if, if, if we're, we're putting stuff in now that that's going to last 50 60 years you, you know we, we'll be well and truly retire, uh, <laughs> hopefully by that point and and there'll be someone else. So it's, it's, it's trying to, I, I think, understand that the decisions we're making are, are not really for tomorrow, they're sort of for the next generation. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. I think everybody wants something right now and they have to chase something right now. And that's, again, has probably been one of the biggest learnings for me over the last 12 months is really understanding that, oh, this is an infinite game, there is no... Real point in trying to chase those shorter term goals. It's what, how, you know, how do we extend our thinking beyond that and into the next generation?
1: No, I mean, I think the name of your podcast says it all, isn't it? It's Acid Guardians. So, you know, that Kaitiakitanga, you know, guardianship, stewardship for, for future generations. So, you're, or well, we are benefiting from what's come before us, but equally we're building it for the next generation. We aren't building for ourselves now or making decisions now. There'll be a few. Uh, people out there'll say, "Hey, look, AI is going to take care of this. Now AI is what it is, but there's there's variables there, or there's there's um attributes there that'll say make a decision one way or another, but that humanist and this we've talked about this in the past offline is you still need to have that human element of knowing the asset. You can have a whole lot of data that says this thing, but unless you've actually talked to someone that's worked on the thing, whatever the thing is, and whatever it's it's there to actually, um, service. Um, there's going to be a missing component, and people and that are listening to this. If you disagree with me, don't worry. It's just a viewpoint. My viewpoints are my own. They in no way reflect <laughs> the viewpoints of others. Um, Good to yeah, acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think you know there's there's certainly an element, and there's room for that technology and that knowledge, but they still need to have that hands-on. This is this is what this thing's capable of, or this is the true condition of it. Because data in itself. Will never be perfect. It can be sliced and diced and um, misinterpreted. Um, and I think you know, as we move on, the requirements. What what we think is important today, but we've got to make sure that that's important for the next generation as well. So we're setting things up appropriately that they'll have the info there and the knowledge base that can be handed on. Because when you've got multi-decade, or sometimes in different industries, uh, century assets, i.e., pipes and, and and whatnot. How do you bring that knowledge through for the next people that they can make the right decision? Because it's only going to get more expensive to do things. Um, It doesn't get cheaper to build. Um, I've gone off on a tangent there. Sorry, mate. Hey, I love it. I love it. I I think you're absolutely right. And yeah, the the,
0: the AI thing's interesting at the moment. It's it's, again, it's just as at the moment, it's definitely just another tool for us to be able to use. I Mm. think it can. um, I think it's going to be really useful for these complex decision going forward because it's able to bring in a bunch of different variables and um i think depending on the the logic used you know can be relatively unbiased or at least more unbiased than we could be uh on any given day Mm -hmm. and and i at the end of the day, you know there's still going to be a decision that needs to get made. But at least you could you can look at it from a different perspective. You don't necessarily have to agree with it, but you can look at how all of the inputs come in and and how they play out in that scenario, and go, okay, well, you know, based on the information that we do have, you know, we can make this decision. And so I, I think it's going to be really, really useful for 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 all of these for balancing all of these different uh, complex drivers around decision making for for infrastructure and. Uh, I know there's, there's huge efforts going on in, in across all of the sectors at the moment to, for companies to um, understand their data and structure their data and uh, identify what's useful and what's not and and really understand the, the outputs that they're trying to achieve because um, I think if we can do that and you can do it efficiently and effectively, there's that initial ramp up and, and investment into trying to get that right but if you have those right processes and controls and things in place and that governance around all of it uh over time thinking in the infinite game it should mm. start to optimize that decision making process so um yeah just i I, th- I think for all of those companies who are pursuing that uh it will be incredibly valuable going mm. forward
1: yeah So yeah, good points there. I guess one of the other things that possibly could be a misconception as well is that data itself is also an asset and it has a life cycle and it needs to be treated and have decent governance. um, And that might be something that's missing. So we see the data as the magic bullet that's going to make all our decisions for us, but actually it has its own set of needs and wants and, and maintenance that's needed on it. Have you come across anyone that's sort of quite mature in that space, in, in in your recent travels, working with other industry components?
0: Yeah, I I think, again, I think every industry is quite different, and the, I guess their needs and wants are, are quite different as well. Um, probably one of the biggest transitions for us is that it's, you know, we've all been working in this physical space for so long, this physical infrastructure space, and we, we've always known that, you know, data is, important and we're, we're bringing it in. And, and there's been up until now, well, up until recent times, I would say limited sort of variables that we've needed to plug into these models or um, you know, decision sort of frameworks. And and now with uh, all the other considerations that we, we we are bringing in and the focus on community and the focus on reliability and the focus on uh, resilience in uh, and, and, and these different sectors and sustainability, yeah. um, there's so many so many different measures that you could you could pull in and 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 they can give you a different answer. So yeah, I mean, like I say, I think there are a lot of industries at the moment who are working really really hard to to try and identify maybe where there's gaps and where they can improve and what they're actually trying to achieve. And uh, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be the best way forward for for New Zealand.
1: So trying to encourage uh, others into this sort of industry or this way of thinking what's some of the things that we use to inspire them because it's not a science it is very much an art form as you said we've got all those competing uh drivers sustainability affordability as well as well as resilience and you know there's all the technical solution will be a technical solution but it's not going to stand up in its own right going forward so what what kind of advice would you give to someone looking to get into this industry or even if you're trying to do a sales pitch to you know encourage the next generation to come through and, and be passionate about what we're trying to achieve here
0: yeah i think it's definitely an underrated career it's, and it's one that's not well um i mean well is it well talked about as it talked about yeah I, I i i'm not sure i'm not sure that,
1: that i guess it's it not... falls under the umbrella of engineering just in general or so. infrastructure it's it's not really seen as its its own discipline now there are other um things out there now where you can get uh, credits or, you know, um, a qualification in asset management, but it's sort of like, how do you actually explain it to someone and then sort of, say, hey, this is like a really cool place to, to come and have a career.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's probably just that communications thing. I thought, um, But at, at the same time, I mean, I can only comment from my, my worldview. And I, I think if I had been given the opportunity to do asset management from, say, high school, I'm still not sure that I would have pursued it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't until that I, uh, until I perhaps maybe understood what I really liked doing, um, you know, I almost went full circle in terms of, say, I left school and then, uh, we down into industry, and then we. Oh, I, I actually, you know what? I actually have to go back to school and learn a whole bunch of things that you know, as part of the the trades and the you know, even the engineering program at Orion and things like that. And and so I, I feel like my education journey's taken twice as long as as, <laughs> as some of my peers, you know. But it, it, to me, it's it's been really, really good. I've I'm still able to to come in and 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 um, provide value. And and I think for those trying to get into this industry is you know, similar advice to to what everybody else is here ar- around just trying to find those people that you do connect with. You know, reach out, ask for help. Um, <laughs> there was uh, I've seen this really cool um, game lately. I don't I don't know if this is, uh, this encourages more people into the industry, but it's called City Skyline. So you, would be, you essentially get to create an entire. It's a bit like Sin City, but it's like oh, the yep. modern day version of that on steroids with amazing graphics and awesome. Um, awesome sort of functionality, you know, you can build entire electrical grids and roading systems and water systems and things like that. And uh, You know, that, I think, almost gamifying it in that sense where people play those mm-hmm. types of things and get really passionate about it, it may lead to more people in the industry. I mean, who knows? But um, there's definitely a skills shortage in this asset management realm, and it's quite evident as the competition for talent uh, increases across all of these sectors you know I have heard uh, I I definitely know in the electrical sector we were, we we're looking to try and uh, see how we could attract more people to it but I've heard the same exact same conversations happening in in roading and in water and in telecommunications and I was just thinking wow we're all competing against each other here for 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 these same types of um grads and and same types of uh uh creative thinkers and um and yeah, pe- people just with the, 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 those asset management skill sets. So I'd uh, certainly just encourage more people to, to to explore it. And if it's something you're interested in, there, there's really good opportunities to to take advantage of. So, yeah.
1: Well, it's a good point because asset management itself is a discipline and the skill sets are transferable to different industries. You know, I know there's subtleties between water and electricity. The two don't get on for one. But there are things there that, an asset is an asset it has attributes it has a life cycle and it needs maintenance or it needs replacement at some stage you know that is the the fundamentals there and i think you know if we were talking to someone's like hey just because you go down one particular infrastructure discipline doesn't mean you have to stay there you can actually morph and change and do other things or you can get far more into the sustainability side of things as well you know the front end of asset management actual procurement and design elements you know the best way to to um to uh, be sustainable, is to not to need a resource to start off with. So, what are some of the other decisions there that you can make without having to build bigger or, or, you know, extend something's life and that kind of stuff? So, I think there's there's a a lot wider scope. And again, you you've mentioned earlier, it's it's understanding the fundamentals of spending the right amount of money at the right time and always doing something. Because if you if you're not going to do something, and this was one of your guests that said this too, if if you don't Uh, what was the quote? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So, you know, you will do asset management, but it'll be completely reactive because everything will just keep falling down around you kind of thing. On that note, have you come across any other uh, quotes or sayings that inspired you in your journey? Yeah,
0: there's so many. There's so, so many. I, I think it's really hard to choose one and for me it's uh i think inspiration comes on in many different forms on many different days (laughs) but one of the ones i I had a quote i did hear recently or at least paraphrased, um i was listening to another podcast i was listening to a tim ferris podcast when and he had a bunch of different guests on and they were sort of debating different topics back and forth and um some of the conversations we were getting kind of heated and and, and uh, yeah to to paraphrase i think that the the quote was something along the lines of um most people don't listen with intent to understand they listen with the intent to reply and i thought it was a really good quote to reflect on and i think we can all admit uh, to times where we've we're certainly listening but we're formulating that reply into our head and so we kind of catch the first half of what somebody's saying and they don't really catch the second half and then launch straight into our reply and it's something I've been trying to practice a lot more is just really being able to listen to what the person is trying to say without cutting them off or um, Launching straight into to to the reply or, or trying to you know I catch myself doing it I'm, I'm formulating it in my head and, and then just to actually sit back and really just listen and understand it's it's actually quite an enjoyable experience so the next time if you, if you if you can try and catch yourself doing it and and sit back you can really just sort of see the passion in someone's face especially when they've 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 got themselves on a bit of a roll and and that and they're talking and they're sort of in that flow state almost and stuff is just coming out and it's it's it's, it's really quality you know um, content that that people are talking about and it's it's just amazing that you know we we can miss a lot of that um, and so we're not really hearing what people are saying so I think that I thought it was just a really cool cool quote to to try and. Practice a lot more of, and um, implemented in my daily life. And I think it, I think it's called active listening. You know, There's probably a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different terms for it, but um, yeah, yeah, I think it's really important. Something we could all do more of.
1: I, I, I've got some firsthand experiences because having recently started a new role, well, four months ago, um, I've literally gone in and said, "Right, I'm going to come in here with no biases." And uh, I think it. Um, now it was in a book I read. Uh, by oh gosh I can't even remember the author but the 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 terminology was the beginner's mind so the beginner's mind comes in and it's empty it's just open to all possibilities and I've I've actually found that really refreshing um you know in my old role I'd been there obviously a while so you you end up with um your unconscious biases anyway and you're quite right you start formulating your answer before the person's finished coming in somewhere new um it's like well actually you know what I'm just going to sit this out and actually wait till the person's finished and then ask all the obvious questions afterwards and it's i think it's it's something we could all do um better because as our lives get busier um we're ready to get on to the next thing and we don't quite catch the gist of what the person is trying to say and equally we may judge going oh man you know they're really getting wound up here but they might be just passionate i think you and i have, have talked before and um, i'll use the analogy of a a can of soda you know i've held a can of soda up Uh, we aren't being sponsored on this, I'm not going to mention any of soft drinks, (laughs) (laughs) held up the can of soda and said, right, you know, you and I have both got very different views of this can, but it's the same can. It has the same attributes and everything else. And I think that's, that's another powerful example of when we're in debate and discussing different drivers for asset management decisions, we need to respect that other person's viewpoint. Equally, we'd like our own point of view Listen to as well but it is we are talking about the same thing but we just have a different point of view on that and it's it's it can be difficult it comes back to that humanistic approach as well as like actually what's the best outcome that we want to achieve here and who are we actually working for is the other big question I suppose too have you come across that in, in in your journeys with um, you know I suppose with working as the consultant you had different industries and everything else did they know who their end users were I suppose or who their benefactors were of the work that they were doing
0: i think a lot of the owners of infrastructure understand that quite well they know that um you know and i keep saying it that it's that infinite game they are investing and working for the people at the end of the line using the service right um i I, I do get the feeling that perhaps you know consultancies maybe don't understand that as much, you know, and it's probably almost uh, some. It's definitely some people do, you know. That, that's certainly the case, but um, I think if you you're almost one step removed from it, so it could be difficult to see the people at the end and 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 bring that same kind of language or bring that same kind of. Um, uh, thinking into into the say design process for whatever it is that you've been engaged for and, you know pro- probably not so much in the um in the technical consulting or the traditional consulting you know like the engineering consulting because mm-hmm. that, that's that's often just you know you've got some specs and some and and measures or whatever and you're designing to a, to a certain certain level but probably more around um uh you know consultancy focused in that business management or advisory that's uh, it has anything to do with the decision making. I think that's really important to for, mm. for where that um, customer focus comes into it.
1: I mean, consultancy is a tough gig too. The drivers are different. you know the 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 revenue making machine is is selling time. So there's always going to be that conflict there as an asset owner, um you you earn your revenue stream through different mechanisms, so you've got a little bit more skin in the game, but you are quite right. It is hard uh, when you're that one step removed to, um, and I suppose, you know, if I reflect back on my own journey, that's why I moved, moved from consultancy into an asset owner was I didn't feel close enough to what we were trying to achieve there and it, it always felt like it was just I have to get the deliverable done and that was more of the, the driver than the actual understanding or what can we actually make improvements on. So, yeah, there is there is a mind shift there um, that's required. And I suppose, you know, how, um, you know, without giving too much away, how, how did you find that transition of asset owner consultant back to essentially asset owner now
0: yeah i think i think it was a really valuable experience um uh, i guess having uh maybe not had that same kind of commercial or same kind of corporate exposure um to an organization um and 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 consultancy it was really good to experience that and, and and understand the model and um work with a whole bunch of different clients I think one of the most impressive things is how quickly you can turn out a project with the right Mm -hmm. people on it. Uh, So, you know, often the consultancy gig, you know, your engagements can be, you know, four to kind of 10 weeks long, you know, but maybe more, more around that sort of four to six weeks. And it's just incredible how quickly you can pull together resource. Everybody comes onto a job, everybody puts their like 100% into it and you can turn something out. And that was probably the, the most impressive thing to me was like, wow, I, I know how long this would actually take Just like on the other side of the fence. And just, just and, and I think that's just due to, to managing, you know, you, you wear a whole bunch of different hats and you're doing a whole bunch of different, you know, multiple things day to day. Whereas if you've got one thing to focus on or to, to put most of your energy into, it could be across a couple of different projects, but you can put um, all of your brain power into that. And, and you've got other people feeding, feeding into that as well it, 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 it's just amazing yeah like i say four to six weeks you could turn out something that i know would have taken us four to six months you know um okay. so that, that's probably that's probably the, the biggest difference but it's it was such a great experience to do that for you know i think i, I, I only did the consultancy for like three four months but that you know when every engagement's that that yeah. long you get exposure to so so many different projects so yeah it, it was really cool and definitely completely different perspective but um Awesome to have that, but I think definitely the community feel, the community vibe, the being closer to those assets, and and and, and working for an asset owner is just something uh, I'm I'm passionate about, and and um, something that just maybe connects a little bit more with me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that's I mean that's good that that aligns with your values, and I think yeah you're right. I think the your experience there was it was brilliant. You know you worked with a bunch of great people, and to be have all, you know with the size of the consultancy you're with too, to be able to pull in those experts too. Really hit the project hard and get it done on time, you know, that must have been quite thrilling.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. I, I think, uh, I think possibly for for, for the stage the stage of life that I was at, you know, young family, things like that, and um, taking on other business opportunities and just trying to juggle a million different things at once, it, it was possibly a step too far for me to, to try and uh, also take on a brand new career and and in a, in a brand new sort, of, you know, it's it's competitive you know the, the, the it's, it's yeah you know, I, I don't think there's any any way to sort of sugarcoat it, it, it even though even though it's not and there's the really nice people and things like that there's, there's still that same kind of um then you always have that same kind of drive to to be able to generate work and and and, and bring in clients and stuff like that and that's just the model that's what that's what the model is so it's um i mean it was, it was no surprise but it's good to experience that and and test the waters there and and see what that's like and um you know, it could be something that that's that's suited to me a bit further down the line. So, yeah.
1: So, you know, um, and this isn't a loaded question, so, you know, bear that in mind, but who was the sort of most influential person that you've had in your career to date?
0: Ooh, um... Influential person in my career? Oh, Dave, it's 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 definitely a loaded question. You've done me <laughs> dirty on that one. It's, no I way, mean, I, mate. I, no way.
1: You <laughs> cannot answer it that way. Okay, it's you. It's definitely you. you know, no, no, you want no. To no I'm you? not paying for this.
0: <laughs> no, I. I in, in all honesty, I think certainly uh, you were definitely there as a fork in the road moment for me. It was kind of like a, you know, an, initially getting into asset management. I was on the trainee program giving me an opportunity to to dip my toe and um, to, to join the team. Uh, that really did sort of set me on the trajectory. I think along the way, there's there's been multiple people as well. Um, just, I would say, in the personal, professional coaching space that have been able to help me maybe really dial in on uh, the specific things that are important to me and sort of what makes me tick. So um, John O'Brent was definitely one of them, uh, so mm-hmm. former CEO of uh, Kinetics and Orion, um, and Mark Pringle as well. Um, so uh, uh, they're also uh, they're, they're both, um, I guess, professional coaches now, and, and I think they was in, in your corner, is that? I
1: think is it's in there? your corner, yeah. They yeah, haven't sponsored yeah. this pod, by the way. So they, they haven't sponsored it. this. They haven't <laughs> sponsored this. unsponsored <laughs> plug. You're welcome. Um so yeah, no, they they, they were
0: definitely amazing um, in the early stages when, when I was trying to find out what it was that I really wanted to do. And uh, it's, it's 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 a funny thing. I actually I actually heard this um, really cool uh, exercise that somebody does. And again, this was on Tim Ferriss' podcast, and I can't remember the guest they had on. It might have been a guy called Seth Godin, who who's like a he's like a marketing guru. And uh, they were talking about important people in their careers and and their lives and their mentors and I think it's really important to now that I've had that experience with people who are mentors and and who can help coach you through it, it's an incredibly valuable um, uh, thing to have and they were listing off people who were their mentors, but they'd never met them before. They'd never talked to these people before. And the thing was that they knew these people so well that they would have like an imaginary conversation back and forth with these people, and then they would come up with a solution themselves. And I, I think that's actually a really important exercise to go through because often these people who are your mentors or who are um, uh, people that you maybe uh, look up to, that they're, they're these really busy, high-performing people normally. And, you know, you. I know that these types of people would, would never consider it like wasting their time or, or going to them with these things. But if you're able to do that exercise beforehand and then figure out the solution yourself with having never actually talked to them or gone to them for any advice, I think it's actually incredibly useful. Or if you do do it and then you come to a fork in the road thing, perhaps that's when you can talk to them and you say, hey, you know what, I actually had this imaginary conversation with you and I thought this is what, you know, And you, you're already leaps and bounds ahead. Uh, in, that, in that time because you, 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 you might only get an hour with them you might only get half an hour with a, a coffee and and you know that, they're not going to sit there all day with you it's not their job to solve your problems but they can help to help direct you and if you can really go in with the crux of what the actual problem is I think that's incredibly valuable.
1: Well part of it part of the skill set there too is them asking the right questions because more often than not as individuals we have the answer ourselves be it um, you know what resonates with us or you know if it's a technical thing you'll have a couple of ideas. So the, the true uh great coaches know the formula or the skill set to actually just ask you those open questions say, hey, okay, well what about this, what about that? And eventually you have your eureka moment. Simon Sinek's another good one to, to listen to for that uh kind of insight. He he does some very good um podcasts and and YouTube clips. Um we do digress a little bit I suppose, but yeah sorry I, I'll cut you off there.
0: No, 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 no. So it's really
1: good. Well, I mean, I think a lot of
0: the, a lot of the, uh, I would say, interactions you and I have had, you know, while they're heavily focused around asset management, you know, it's Mm -hmm. still always been focused around that, uh, Mm that, that improvement, you know, narrative and just Mm -hmm. trying to better yourself and going down these, these coaching paths and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I, if people don't know this already, you know, it, it, it's it's always great to hear others talking about it in the industry because it's possibly something we don't do enough of, and maybe that's why we have a shortage in this in this industry as yeah. well. So. Um, yeah, i think if you can be a mentor you know sign up to those programs um i've definitely signed up to a few and i forget what they are all called now because i get so many emails about them but i try to meet with as many people as i can i try to meet with grads i try to meet with people in other industries and uh doing this podcast has been great as well just networking with people with- across the industry and and making friends and um, I love the conversations I always come away super energized I I, I don't you know people might not think it but I'm definitely somebody I I can at least consider myself a little bit more extroverted I feel like you know putting myself out there takes a lot of takes a lot of energy and I feel exhausted but I definitely don't feel that way after I come off the calls with people so it's, um, it's, it's really something that does fill my cup up so it's enjoyable to do
1: No, it's brilliant. So, so what's next then? So, okay, you know, you don't, I'm not asking for your five year plan or your 10 year career plan, but you know, what sort of what's, let's start with the the podcast, you know, what's, what's next on online for you with this, with this platform?
0: Yeah, so it's been a busy year. It's actually it's it's been a year since I started this, and I did just see a, a pop up before. Um, I think I must have had Tracy Massim on about this time last year. So, um, it's it's been it's been a busy start to the year, and I ha- I haven't been able to interview as many people as I had hoped. I think I've only interviewed one, and one been Joshua Lloyd. So, um, and he he was great to have on as well. And then it, it sort of stopped there as we were working through these other this other business opportunity and and finishing off building a house and starting new jobs and things like that so um now that i feel like i've got my feet back under me a bit more i've definitely got a few names on my on my list to to talk to so uh, i'll be reaching out to people and hopefully turning over one at least about once a month maybe more frequently we'll see how we go for 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 numbers but yeah
1: so on that Respect. Then, would you be happy for people to reach out to you via LinkedIn if they were sort of interested in this sort of topic or being a guest or being interviewed?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, if you find me on LinkedIn, um, yeah, Josh Pope, and then uh, just just reach out. Otherwise, I'll reach out to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: look, Josh, I think this has been an epic uh, opportunity for everyone to to lift the curtain a little bit and see the man behind the the machine. Um, I've got the dog sitting here beside me wanting to go outside so I'll probably have to wrap this up but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for giving me the opportunity to have the yarn with you I think it's been brilliant it's always nice to touch base and I think your journey over the last five years has been nothing short of epic certainly your growth over the last 12 months has been brilliant as well and I think this platform that you've got here this podcast is quite good because if it can bring the community together can help us actually support each other and mentor Um people. It doesn't always have to be someone younger. It can be someone that's new to the industry or someone that just wants a different point of view. I think this could be a really, really powerful place for people to do that. So on that, I'd just like to thank everyone for joining us on the New Zealand Asset Guardian podcast. We hope you enjoyed the content and tune in next time. Bear in mind, if you'd like to be part of it, please forge details or reach out via LinkedIn. Noho aramai. Take care, everyone.